Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. First, I want to thank my House Republican colleagues for just designating me as the speaker. Obviously, we still have work to do. We're going to have to go upstairs on the House floor and resolve this and then get the House opened again. We have a lot of work to do, uh, not just in the House for the people of this country, but we see how dangerous of a world it is and how things can change so quickly. Uh, we need to make sure we're sending a message to people all throughout the world that the House is open and doing the people's business. That is Steve Scalise. A behind-the-closed-doors vote where he gets 113 votes of the Republicans. Jim Jordan gets 99. He's the designee for Speaker. And then they call the vote. Boom! 3 p.m. Eastern on the House floor, except... He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Lauren Boebert will still vote for Jim Jordan. Thomas Massey has stated he's a no vote on Scalise. Chip Roy coming out saying that he will not vote for Scalise on the floor and is disgusted that they scheduled the vote for 3 p.m. Like we said, what made us think that these people were going to be one and done and show, look, we're not a bunch of weirdos. I still don't know why they voted out McCarthy. You didn't have a plan. I said that then. And I got yelled at. What kind of plan did you expect them to have? What kind of plan did you want them to have? Well, a better plan than this. That's for damn sure. Tony Katz. <laughs> Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Meanwhile... The markets had themselves a very, very interesting day. Or they should say, should say it's still happening. Because the producer price index was up 5%. Which means what it is that it costs to make the goods that you buy. Oh, the goods? Those rose 0.9%. Anybody think inflation is done? Anybody think that the interest rates aren't going to go up? Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. 0.5% kid, the uh, the estimate was 03 This is about what it is that the manufacturers are putting into inventories. There's less inventory and it costs them more. I have that right? You are 100% correct. It costs more. They have less. What did this report signal to you? Well, it signaled that in that fight that we've been discussing for a long time, that Biden is winning, that when he proposed a budget this year, which is a $2 trillion deficit budget, he said, I want to create inflation. 
and Jerome Powell saying, we'd like to stop the inflation. And in this particular round of the boxing match, Biden is winning. And the 0.5 number, yes, it came in higher than expected. But you already did this. You stole my my thunder. Because if you dig into it, the goods are the stuff you buy. That's 0.9. I think anybody here can multiply 1 by 12 and get almost 12% a year for the stuff you buy. The services was only 0.3. But here's the issue. The services is the money you get paid. So apparently your wages are going up slowly, but the stuff you buy is going up fast. That is the deadly combination inside this report that's even worse than the headline number. Yeah, this this number is not getting major play, of course, because of what's going on in Israel with the attack by the terrorist Hamas. Of course, as we were talking, uh, alluding to earlier, the conversation regarding Speaker of the House. But the Dow did not explode in any one direction or or an, another. How do markets absorb this kind of information? Well, the markets already saw this coming. This This isn't news. I mean... Yes, it's worse than was expected, but everybody is under the impression, especially when Jamie Dimon made his statements and the Fed has made their statements, inflation is here, or I mean, high interest rates are here until inflation is tamed. And no one thinks it's going to be tamed soon because deficits keep happening and Republicans haven't been able to stop it. And there's one other thing that's important to understand. This PPI is a leading indicator. So that's an indicator of what we're going to be paying in the future. This is what the retailers are paying their wholesalers. That is a scary thought because this number has been this high, higher, for three months in a row now. Three months in a row. That's not the right direction. It's supposed to be getting lower, not higher. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, the interest rate conversation, as we take a look at things like the 10-year treasury, we utilize that as the, the benchmark, and we say to ourselves, what does this tell us about where 30-year fixed mortgages are going to be? It is at 4.613 as I speak to you. Now, this is lower than the highs we were seeing at the 4.8s and the 4.88s. This could make one think that, you know what, it's just going to moderate here and it's going to be fine. Does the producer price index, the cost of production of the actual goods that we then buy, does that put pressure on this 10-year Treasury note conversation? No, no. It's, it's, it's doing nothing. The 10-year Treasury is fluctuating. It's inverted because of a coming recession that the market is forecasting. So... It, what concerns me more is the short-term rates. Is that what's fluctuating? Is that going up? Because the 10-year is just a byproduct at this point because the Fed is fighting inflation. So they're concerned about the short-term rates, not the long-term rates. If I take a look at short-term rates, I take a look at where do I have this? I, somewhere, I, have, a, I have a U.S. Treasury one month. Do I want to even look at a one month or should I look at a one year? Which one? Look. Six month or one year. All right, I, I can I can find a six month. There it is, a six month Treasury bill. Is that what I'm looking at? Is that what I'm looking at right there? Yep. I'll do that. Uh, five point five four. Five and a half go. percent is what that's paying out. Oh jeez. Can I cry now? I don't know. I, will, will it will it help? No. 
So when you so so this is what you're talking about here. You're saying don't so much worry about uh, the ten year number. Take a look at these short term ones. The six month rate is five and a half percent, and this tells you what. It tells me it tells me that the Fed is still going to have to fight inflation. The rate is still going to be high, and that it's still inverted. The ten year number doesn't concern me as much as the ten year inversion. It's still about a one percent below the six month rate. That's not good. That's still a forecast of, of recession by the economy. They're telling us, I'm not giving you a prediction. I'm just telling you that's what the market is forecasting at the moment. That's not a good thing. Forecasting recession and actual recession, both bad. People should write that down. It's going to be on the test next week. I'm talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. In, in, for anybody who thinks that spending will get under control, uh, the the war in Israel, uh, the attack from Hamas, the terrorist organization, on Israel, the murder of a thousand Israelis, this is not going to help our spending issues. The spending is going to continue, and Congress, regardless of whoever the speaker is, is going to say yes. Uh I, I guess the the wrong question is, how does this affect us? And the answer is spending is spending, even if you think it's for a good and, and proper cause. Uh, I guess the, the, the question would be, do markets somehow view a spending in a war differently? Or can this spending, maybe better said, bring about some result that's, that, that has a value? I, I mean, it sounds awful. I don't mean it in the awful sense. But rather, I'm trying to understand, maybe, is is there a different economic reality depending on where the spending is? It it does matter. The market is going to have a different reaction to each situation. So what you'll have is the government spending more money will have a negative reaction. But the production of arms and things that are sold for the, you know, running of the war will have a positive impact. So those companies, you know, Raytheon and Boeing and you know, name the other companies that produce goods and services for military industrial complex, they're going to benefit from this. Um, but there's, there's a lot more to it. We, we could shut this thing down tomorrow if Biden, well, I shouldn't shut it down tomorrow, but he could significantly impact this war if he would just reimpose the sanctions that he stopped enforcing under the Trump put in place. And if you put a few other things in place that I'd love to t- talk about that would work in harming the person that's funding the war, which is Iran. This brings us to the conversation about sanctions and that it's, it's very obvious that we throw around the word sanctions like everybody knows what everybody's talking about. But the truth is very few people know what it actually means. Describe, if you would, first define the very idea of what sanctions are. Well, a sanction is an economic penalty that you put on a country to try to influence their behavior. And since Hamas and Hezbollah are financed money. They buy weapons with cash that they get from Iran. We need to cut off that spigot. And there's a lot of things we could do that this administration refuses to do. Why don't we shut off the SWIFT system? Why don't we say, Iran, you can't do banking anywhere in this world? That'll dry up the cash overnight. Why doesn't he reimpose the oil sanctions that that Trump put in place? They've collected 30 Five billion dollars in cash over two years because Biden has relaxed and not enforced the oil sanctions. 
It's as if he gave them $35 billion. Forget the $6 billion recently. $35 billion over the last two years by not enforcing oil sanctions. We could cut off the supply of cash tomorrow. So the, the, the sanctions are an economic penalty. And you're questioning why is it that we don't kick Iran off of the, the SWIFT system. That is a banking system by which uh, routing numbers and account numbers are, are moved and utilized in order to be able to move dollars. That is stating that without this, somehow there isn't another way for Iran to get paid, which I don't actually uh, agree with. But the the question for you is, is is this a subject that ever gets broached, this idea of taking them off the SWIFT system, which I've heard others uh, mention? And is there a reason that they don't outside of, well, they just haven't made that move yet? Okay, let me first disagree with you regarding whether they can still get the cash. Russia has gotten away with it because of two things. They have gold, which they can physically transfer, and the countries of Saudi Arabia and the UAE have helped them circumvent the system. Let me just tell you something. People know this, or maybe they don't know it. Saudi Arabia, UAE, Turkey, they're Sunni Muslim. Iran is Shia Muslim. Trust me, those countries have helped Russia. They're not going to help Iran circumvent the SWIFT system. There is almost nowhere that Iran can turn for their cash if we squeeze them on the SWIFT system. They can get some money, but we will shut that spigot off and they'll be using it domestically instead of exporting it for terrorism. What is the downside of engaging the the shutoff of SWIFT? Well, I mean, yes, business people like cash. They like Iranian cash. I hope that people in this country will say, we will turn away Iranian cash because we are more concerned about stopping the slaughter of civilians in Israel. I would hope they would stand up for what's right and moral and use your economic power to do so. Yellen, you know, the second part of your question, you know, has the administration considered this? Yellen in a speech yesterday said, quote, I'm not ruling out sanctions on Iran. What a weak comment. You're not ruling them out. You should have rolled out a whole bunch of sanctions rather than relaxing them for the past two years. This is insane what this administration is doing to not fight the war on terror. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Let's go back to the producer price index number. Uh, We're then going to see a consumer price index number. We're going to see what it is that people are are paying. Are there any expectations of what's going to come? Well, I don't make predictions, but I will. Yes, we've had three very high months of PPIs. We've had shrinking inventories. I anticipate that the inflation number will be uh, not in check. It will be higher. I don't can give you an exact number, but it will be higher than is anticipated, and it will reflect that we are not having inflation under control. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm I'm totally with you there. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.